The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben, and I don't know if I would go with the exciting moniker with this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, man, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. We usually have this little banter, uh, so we're going to flip the script just a little bit of this episode. So, <laughs> Ben was... All last week after the uh, weight loss episode was like, hey, what are we going to do next week? And for like several days, we were like, I don't know. We, we yeah, weren't yes. sure. And so he's like, hey, we could talk about DOT exams because that's a specialty certification you can get as an NP or a PA. And I was like, OK, you are certified to do those. Yes, I, am. I am not. So this could be really interesting. And that's pretty much where it stopped. I don't know. <laughs> that's That was the entire extent. So I don't really know what Ben was thinking after that. I definitely don't know what I was thinking because when I suggested it, I was like, that's good. You know, it's good information. And then I realized, oh, shit, Tom hasn't gotten certified yet, so he doesn't know much about it. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm going to be carrying this episode. Damn it. So this is going to be a pure shooting gallery for me at this point moving forward. Now, I will say it is something I am interested in doing. I have suggested it to management that I would be more than happy to get DOT certified. And hopefully we will be giving you guys some very interesting information so that if it's something you have thought about, heard about, or if it's something you have never even considered before, maybe this will change your mind. And it's a tool that you can add to your belt and bring to your office. But otherwise, yeah, get prepared to be dazzled with the <laughs> National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration's rule book of examinations that Dr. Ben is going to give us tonight. Yeah. Did, you, be did you like that? Did you, throw me, did you hear me throw NHTSA right into that? I did. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so the people that are listening to this is the first time are going, what the hell is going on? That's okay. Um, that's what we're thinking too. You know, you're yes, interested in being DOT certified, but after this episode, maybe you won't be. I don't know. <laughs> I may just completely flip it then. Yeah, maybe for the first time we can ruin some dreams, Ben. That Maybe that's my whole thing. Maybe that's what I'm going for. I'm here to ruin some dreams. There you go. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good for it. So how's your week been, man? Good. Busy. Nothing like 4,000 cases of sore throat to ruin your day. 
But yeah, that's about it. It seems about reasonable. Yeah. Right. And so pretty, yes. Training a new NP in the office and. Oh God, they're letting you train people now. Ugh. Oh yeah. I've taught some people amazingly enough. I'm training a new NP that has been hired. Like the organization is trusting me with giving someone information that is going to make us money. I don't understand that myself, but at this point, most of my day is spent telling this person, everybody wants an antibiotic. They don't need it. <laughs> and then we just go forwards <laughs> and tell them that's pretty much what happened. So was literally every other provider doing something else. Is that how they got down to you or, or what? <laughs> process of elimination everybody else said not me first i don't know i didn't make it to that meeting i don't know what happened that would make sense yeah yeah that was the true thing that happened i did get a message about our episode last week and so you were sort of right um vegemite whoa. i got a message about that whoa <laughs> back this train up yeah i went hmm I want you to say that. I want you to harmonize your voice a little bit, clear your throat, say it loud and clear, my friend. I said you were sort of right. No, 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 no. Don't put a quantifier on this. Don't put a quantifier on this. Take it like a man. Take it like a man. And you say it correctly, Ben. (laughs) Okay, Tom, you were right. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Vegemite is more popular in Australia. Although I will point out the reason I said sort of right is because if you Google that to purchase it, you're going to purchase it from like the Amazon.uk store. So sort of right. That's probably because it's closest for like distribution. I will tell you it's an Australian. So shout out to Amber for that. I appreciate you letting me know. Do you know where Vegemite came from? Uh, yeast. Yes. It's a collection of, yeah, when they would ferment alcohol in barrels, a collection of whatever flavoring or fruits or vegetables or whatever was used in those barrels and the yeast would create a sediment on the bottom and people would scrape that out and use that and eat it. That is what Vegemite is. You got to wonder how much other Who did that. Well, you gotta wonder how much other weird stuff they found like setting somewhere and they were like, let's try that. Nope, that's not any good. Nope, nope. And then they finally settled on Vegemite. I don't know. Well, that's just like the very first person that ate honey. Yeah. Or an egg. Think about that. Well, the very first person that saw a bee's nest and was like, you know, this really hurts, but I bet whatever's in that really tastes good. (laughs) Like it's worth dying. To get that liquid gold, like if it's gold or liquid, because he didn't know what was in there yet. So, yeah, I don't know. Think about it. That could be a whole separate episode. And maybe we should have uh, Jeff on to opine about that sometime or something. Is he a beekeeper, too? He might be. I don't know. Oh, Lord. What doesn't that guy do? (laughs) (laughs) Come on our show very often. That's what he doesn't do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... See if we can get into the social media shout out so we can get into the uh, all, all the fun facts that we're going to talk about later. So, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm still right. That's all I need to know. <sighs> I feel a theme for the evening. Thank okay. you, Amber. So if you 
want to find us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Just Some Podcast. Or you can find us on the web. We're at www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email is admin at justsomepodcast.com. You can also find us on Helium Radio. We're on Helium Radio After Dark Channel 2. That's Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And you can also check us out on anywhere that you can find a podcast. We're probably going to be there. Sometimes in the top 100, sometimes not. But, you know, all over the place. Google, Apple. Um, I think you can even get your Amazon Echo to play us now. It's all over the place. So, Tom, what else can they do? Well, first of all, if you're on a podcast provider and we're not in the top 100, go to a better podcast provider. Clearly, that one's <laughs> crap. Second of all, if your name's Amber, you can write us more because you have great taste. Thank you very much again, Amber. Tom's always right. Hashtag that. Second or third of all, damn it. Third of all, you can. You are not right there. Just like to clarify that. I was right. I corrected myself. That still That's makes me. End. Stay in. No, that makes me right. Leave it in. Everybody will hear me make myself right. You can also go to the Just Some Podcast website. You can scroll down to just about the bottom. You click on that before you do any shopping. It'll take you to the Amazon website. You can fill up your basket. You can do all your shopping, and some of those proceeds will come to us, and it'll help out the show, and we will truly appreciate it. You can tell everybody about everybody you know about us and then maybe i will speak correctly at some point during this show not likely you can even give us a bad review and we'll talk about it on the show and i will tell you why you are wrong yet again but i will still love you and i do appreciate your feedback and ben appreciate your feedback and everybody actually appreciates all your feedback here at the show even sometimes sam the producer when he gets out of his drunken stupors sometimes will you know talk to us and say hey guys where's the next bottle and we're like shut up sam and that's about what happens with him nowadays but the show must go on is what we're really saying here so please let us know what you think about everything we love to hear from you guys if you are out there all threes of you so we love you thank you good night show's over right we're done time to go um i guess we can play the cue the theme music <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a second we forgot to do the show so oh, yeah. <laughs> all right so, let's go <laughs> all right you ready oh wow it's gonna be an interesting show so you ready to get into and the torpedo what damn the torpedoes you've never heard that saying no are you shitting me no oh, God. all right are you ready to get a story you may have missed well now i kind of want to educate you on the entire phrase damn the torpedoes but no let's get into stories we may have missed you can text me after we get off the air um, <laughs> so, oh buddy our buddy jeff sent us maybe we can wake sam up out of his drunken stupor and just have him explain to you. He probably knows, I'm sure. Eh, he might not. Okay. Our, our buddy Jeff, getting back on track here. Our buddy Jeff sent us a uh, story that actually came out today, the, the day that we're recording this. And uh, normally I try to find a story that gonna, is going to tie into what we're talking about during the main topic. But this one talked about what we talked about last week, which was the weight loss medications. So the FDA has come out with some concerning evidence that Lorcasin, otherwise known as under the brand name of Belvique, uh, may potentially increase the risk of cancer according to results from a clinical trial assessing the safety of the weight loss agent. Data obtained from the large 
post-marketing study conducted in roughly 12,000 patients found the weight loss treatment was linked to a potential cancer signal, according to the data safety communication issue by the FDA over a five-year follow-up period. A greater proportion of patients taking the drug had been diagnosed with cancer compared to those who had received placebo. So they're still investigating it to determine if there is a legitimate risk. Because as we know, when we talk about things like vaccines, that correlation is not necessarily causation. But there does seem to be potential for some potential concerns there. So uh, make sure that you're educated on that before taking and or prescribing lorcaserin. Dom, your thoughts? I did not see during the article, and forgive me, I was looking something up while you were talking. There isn't a specific link or cause, like mechanism of action. Is that correct? So that would be the most interesting thing, because as we talked around with Belvik, is that it's a serotonin 2C receptor agonist. Yes. So exactly how... (laughs) Does changing the serotonin hormone to increase the feeling of satiety increase your chance of any sort of cancer? I agree. I think it would be interesting. And you also have to wonder, is there's generally comorbidities that are associated with obesity. And that's, and honestly, that's where I was going to go with that next was, I would assume that you are starting off at a greater chance developing cancer due to the obesity than you were of getting it from taking that weight loss medication. Right. I would agree with that. And so I I think it'll be something that we certainly uh, will have to kind of keep an eye on, but, and it does specify that the FDA is recommending that healthcare professionals consider the benefits and potential risk before prescribing. It says, quote, from the FDA, we are continuing to evaluate the clinical trial results and we'll communicate our final conclusions and recommendations when we have completed our review. So, I mean, it's still very early in the stage, but I thought it was kind of interesting that we talked about this particular medication last week, and now this news article came out today. I just want to point out how many times that happens to JSP, that we talk about (laughs) something, and then something changes. I just want to say that we are basically the rudder that changes the course of the world. That... (laughs) Do you remember like that marathon? The woman was mad because yes, she wasn't allowed yes. to wear it. And then like literally we talked about it. And then within like six days, they it changed their ruling. Yeah. You know why? Because we talked about it. Um, and that's happened yeah. many, many times, my friend. Many times. There was another, uh, I don't remember what, it was something that was stolen. It was like the, was it the large? Yeah. The colon from KU. Yes. The colon from KU that was stolen. And we talked about it and then it was recovered. So... Maybe you're on to something. You know what? This has happened so many times. I can't even list all the twos or threes of times that this has probably <laughs> happened. I, I mean, mean at, the, at this point, this is beyond correlation. There's causation. We talk about things and they happen. There's only two uh, things that haven't happened at this point, Ben. There's only two. We talked about Antarctica. Bjorn appeared. Very true. He's our baby Yoda. Okay. He popped up. Like that happened. Okay. There's only two things that haven't happened and they're going to happen. A Nobel prize and mission Galactica. Yeah. We're going to the space station. That's happening. Okay. If I have to fly there myself, Elon Musk will take me there on one of his magic freaking carpets and we will get up there. Okay. The point is, is every time we talk about something, Ben, 
It happens. People need to understand the power of this show. It does seem that way. Yes, I will. Uh, uh, I, yes, there you go. They need to bask in our glory, Ben. Bask. <laughs> well, bask away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I haven't even been drinking for this episode. Wow. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I'm positive. I have been slurring my words, but that was just on accident. That has nothing to do with alcohol yet. But we need to do an alcohol episode. That's what we need to do. Uh, if you say so. So. <laughs> so let's get into this DOT examination. By the way, can I drink and do a DOT examination? Well, I wouldn't recommend drinking while doing the exam. That might get you disqualified. Okay. Um, well, see, there you go. We're already learning, Ben. All right, let's jump into it. So we're going to talk about becoming uh, DOT certified and how that works and then kind of how the exam itself works. Because again, I was not thinking this through when I suggested this to Tom. <laughs> so. We're going to make it fun and educational. Educational. I like it. So uh, just some statistics that I found kind of interesting before we jump into everything else. There are approximately six to seven million commercial motor vehicle drivers uh, that are required to comply with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration physical qualification standards. So therefore, that estimates there's approximately three to four million physical examinations annually with the demand expecting to increase each year. What do you think about that, Tom? I think that's a lot of physicals. It is a lot of physicals. So some of the information that I'm pulling is from the old medical examiner handbook that the FMCSA gave out initially. So if you're really interested in any of this, um, there's about 260 pages of fun that you can go through on your own. <laughs> I'm using the old version because when I try to pull up the new version through the National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners, which you have to be part of to do DOTs now, the handbook is currently being updated. So I don't know what that means. So that was going to be one of my first questions, Ben, was What's that, sir? who can actually do these examinations? So to actually be able to do the examination, you have to have taken the certification training and then set for your certification exam. To talk a little bit about that, it is nurse practitioners, PAs, physicians and doctors of chiropractic that can actually become certified to uh, administer DOT exams. The actual test itself is 120 questions and a hundred of those are scored. 70% of those are based off the driver's medical information, which is like identification and history, physical exam, diagnostic testing, and then documentation of ancillary information. The other 30% of these scored questions focus on determination of the driver's qualifications and disposition. So like health education counseling, risk assessment, certification outcomes, and intervals. If you'll think back to taking boards, Tom, you'll kind of remember how that whole thing felt. This is very similar to that. You go to one of the little testing stations and administer the test, and you know immediately if you passed or failed your certification once you get that is good for 10 years and you have to pass the test again, 
uh, in 10 years. So I actually got mine in 14. So I'll be doing another couple of years to go back and resit for uh, the test. But you have to be licensed, certified, and then registered with the National Registry. And that's actually where drivers can actually search you off the registry to determine if you're available to do DOT exams or not. Does that answer your question? It does. However, day I sat for my boards was pretty much a blur of <laughs> chugging Red Bull and painful anxiety. So I don't remember a lot of taking boards. Um, if you do, great. Um, mostly it was trembling and fear, depression, and then um, chain smoking cigarettes until I got the confirmation email that I had actually passed the boards. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, like the little screen says you passed, but it's like, but it's not official. I'm like, well, God. So then I just paced around the parking lot till my phone beeped. So yeah, that's pretty much you know what I remember. Well, this is very similar then. <laughs> so, oh, <yeah>. great. <laughs> well, geez, where do I sign up? So no, you go in, you know, you had to prove your ID and, and do all that. And then you sit down and take the test and you can't cause any disruptions or anything like that. It is a two hour test. Once the actual test begins, there's no pauses, no breaks. You're just there until uh, you either pass or fail. Everything on it is multiple choice and it doesn't specify a specific passing grade. It just says after receiving the test answers from the testing center, the FMCSA confirms grading, ensures the validation of your credentials, and issues you a national registry certificate. You cannot actually start doing your DOT exams until you actually have that certification number because you have to put that on all of your DOT forms. So I've done physicals. I'm assuming for the DOT, it's a specific form because the federal government likes regimentation. So I'm assuming they have a specific form with a specific number that you have to fill out in a specific manner. That would be correct, sir. Bureaucracy at its finest. In case you're wondering, it's form MCSA-5875 is the actual medical examination report form. And then there is 5876, which is the actual card that you give to your patient once they successfully pass the DOT exam. And then the way that I generally do them is I'll just go ahead and do my exam, make sure that that all gets completed, and then you have to upload. So I believe whenever I first started, you had 30 days to upload the driver's information to the actual national registry. And then the National Registry went down for, um, I don't know, about nine months. <laughs> and so you had a backlog of tons of forms. And so once they finally got it back up, they gave you an extension to complete those forms. But I was reading today, doing research for this, just to see if anything had changed, because it's the government and sometimes things change. I know you're shocked. It's actually by the end of the next day, the form has to be uploaded or the information on the driver has to be uploaded to the National Registry. If you go 30 days without doing any exams, then you have to log into the registry and submit a report saying you have no exams to submit. I have never had that happen before because I'm generally doing at least one or two a month, if not more than that. But when you fill out the 
National Registry, it actually will kick out that additional card form. So that's what I, I just do it right then while I have the patient still there. And that way then they have a nice computer printed copy and not handwritten because sometimes my handwriting looks like a third graders. <laughs> and so it's a nicer form. So do they supply any of this information or is this all on you? Do they come to the office with this 5875 form or is that something you have to fill out and then give them? So it depends on the employer. Some employers have them, so they bring them in already filled out. Because the first two pages are strictly the driver's information. So it's their name, all their information, their driver's license number, yada, yada, yada. Then he starts getting into their health history. So we want to know if you had any surgeries. Do you take any medications? Do you have to list those? How many Slim Jims they can eat at once? <laughs> and then it gets into more specific questions. One of the things I kind that's of That's pretty specific, Ben. It is, and that's not on there. But maybe you can submit that as a, a recommendation. One of the things that I enjoy about the forum, though, is you have... It asks very specific questions. Do you have or have you, have you ever had like a head or brain injury? That's one question or seizures or eye problems. So it goes down and down and down, but your answers are yes, no, or not sure. The not sure one's the one that I think is kind of interesting because you would think that they would probably know if they have some of the things that they have. The other questions that gets a lot of discussion is do you currently drink alcohol? And so, you know, they, lots of people will mark yes. And then have to explain the yes answers below and it's like i drink one beer a week or whatever the case may be yeah but any uh, yes answers you have to go through with the driver prior to doing the actual physical examination driver has to sign that and when they sign that it actually says that they certify that all the above information is accurate and complete they understand that any inaccurate false or missing information may invalidate their examination may also cause them to be disqualified from getting their certificate and could potentially be a civil or criminal penalty for fraudulent or intentionally false information. So, like, let's go back to something like the alcohol question. So, clearly this is akin to a normal physical. I understand asking it. Is at some point there a level where that is a disqualifier? Like, is <sighs> so, there somewhere in the rule book where it says five beers a week? Nope, you're done. Is there something that says that? So one of the double-edged sword aspects of DOT medical examiner is there are certain things that are an absolute no-go and it specifies you cannot certify them. The majority of everything else, it says use clinical judgment. Now it may specify certain aspects for like, say if you, if, if you have a driver who's had a cabbage, it states in the handbook they have to have had a minimum of a waiting period of three months, and the maximum they can be certified is one year. For a average driver with no health problems, the maximum certification is two years. And so then as the medical examiner, you can bump them down to a year if you need to. You can even bump them down to six months or even three months. So there's not a specific guideline. It's it's more provider judgment. Like I said, there's a few that are. Seizures and epilepsy is a no-go. Monocular vision is a no-go unless they have a federal exemption, and which they can get. Diabetes with insulin used to be a disqualifier, although they have changed 
that now. So they have a new diabetes form that they have to fill out and um, it involves numerous steps for them to do, but at least it's no longer a, you're taking away their livelihood by not certifying them. I actually, I was going to say, I knew about that one. I know some people that it was a husband and wife and the husband became diabetic and they can no longer drive. And now that that rule has been reversed, but I mean, obviously they've moved on with their life, but that's one of those rules that I knew was, that's how I knew that there was those no-go qualifications. So I didn't know what other types of things went that route. There are 13 standards to determine driver's medical fitness for duty. Four of them, as of this handbook, which again has been updated or will is in the process of being updated, four of them were objective qualifiers that do not depend on medical examiner's clinical interpretation. Those were vision. Vision, they had to have at least 2040 in each eye and 2040 uh, with both eyes. If they have anything less than that, they have to be referred out to a specialist and you cannot certify them. Is that with like correction? So I can have it worse, but as long as it's corrected to. Yes, as long as it's corrected. And then you just have to mark where corrective lenses. Hearing. So they have to be able to hear a whispered voice within about five feet. or They have to be able to hear a whispered voice at five feet. Epilepsy. And then again, diabetes, but that has changed. The remainder of the standards are what they consider discretionary standards. And so the medical examiner makes clinical judgment in accordance with the physical qualification requirements for the driver certification. One of the things I found interesting in the handbook, the average driver, the driver population exhibits characteristics similar to that of the general population, including an aging workforce. The profile of the average truck or bus driver is male, more than 40, sedentary, overweight, smoker, with poor eating habits. The medical profile of the average driver is less healthy than the average person, more than two medical conditions, and then cardiovascular disease prevalent as well. So I found that a little interesting. So basically what you're saying is I missed my calling. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I did. Like Tommy should have been a truck driver is what you're telling me. If that's how you want to interpret it, yes. Well, it seems like the writing's on the wall according to this handbook. So getting back to the form, again, it asks all of the questions. So it goes through pacemakers, which is another one that is one of those, you can have a pacemaker and get certified for a year. But if you have a pacemaker with a defibrillator, you cannot drive because of the defibrillator. And it's because it's a risk to the general population. If you're driving this huge semi and your defibrillator goes off. Wouldn't it be more of a risk if it didn't go off? Perhaps, (laughs) Perhaps, <laughs> but either way, it's probably not a good thing. I'm just saying, Ben, it seems bad for them to have a non-working heart. It does, and that's why they lots of times you have to do, you can refer out to cardiology or make sure that they've seen their cardiologist recently if they do have cardiac diseases. Lung diseases can be trying problems. To, look at you trying to keep this straight. Oh, it's, it's sad. Dizziness, strokes, TIAs. Another one that Get some discussion, missing or limited use of arm, finger, hand, leg, foot, or toe. With that, you basically, the, according to the handbook, you basically just have to make sure that it does not interfere with uh, their ability to grip the steering wheel, to grip the shifter, to be able to do the job of a commercial driver. Sleep disorders, so like sleep apnea, that's another big one that a couple of years ago got a, some discussion. 
one of the suggestions that had come out was basically if the driver has a BMI over a certain amount, then the recommendation was going to be that they needed to have a sleep apnea test done. However, uh, that has not come to fruition as far as an official requirement. Recommended, but not a requirement. So then we get into the actual medical examiner portion of the form. So we check their pulse to make sure that it's regular. We notate their height and weight, blood pressure, and the urinalysis. The urinalysis, we're looking for specific gravity, protein, blood, and sugar. That one's been a big one that I have used and have caught diabetes several times on DOT forms that they didn't know about it beforehand because we go and check their urine and they have greater than 1,000 glucose. And you're like, hey, um, I can't certify you till I get some more testing done. By the way, did you know you have diabetes? Yeah. And if you didn't know, well. You have diabetes. You kind of do, yeah. Or you accidentally peed out a Snickers bar. So, With blood, I'll ask them if they have any, you know, because there are some patients who just have idiopathic hematuria and it's been checked out by numerous urologists or whatever the case may be. And it's just, it is what it is. Visual acuity, again, has to be 20 to 40 in each eye, with or without correction. The other thing you have to check is the horizontal field of vision. So I usually will just say, okay, I'm going to test your peripheral, and I'll wiggle my finger and make sure that you measure it out to a certain degree of how far out they can see that. Hearing must first perceive whispered voice at not less than five feet. Anything worse than that, they have to be referred out for an actual autometric test before you can certify them. You have to be able to distinguish between red, green, and amber colors. Hold up. Hold up. I understand the visual, uh, both colors and visual field, even though the inside of a truck cab probably precludes you from being able to see beyond 180 degrees. However, what in the hell does whispering within five feet have to do with hearing the foghorn grade air pressure inducing blast that comes from a truck horn. So where they're coming with that at is they needed something to screw people over with. No, that it's an average hearing loss of less than or equal to 40 decibels with or without a hearing aid. So it's basically wanted to make sure that you can hear things like the ambulance driving up on you or things of that nature so that you're not just oblivious. Like wearing AirPods while you're driving is probably not a good idea. Same thing if you are deaf and driving okay. a 40,000-pound truck. So how about we just tell them don't wear AirPods while they're driving a truck? But if they can't hear because their hearing is bad, that's something that has to be certified with official testing. <laughs> you go, you have a look on your face like you want to say something else. Nope. Let's move on. Oh. I'm just saying I don't think, well, I first of all, I believe in the safety issue. But I'm just saying I don't think a whisper in five feet is going to mimic an ambulance creeping up on their ass at 90. While it may not mimic it, it's the it's the easiest I, it's test we can do. I get it. I it's get the it. test that we can do in the office without having to actually send them off for an autometric test. I know. I just, it's 2020. I figured there'd be something else we could do at this point. Um, work on that. You can't. You can't. <laughs> I've already got one Nobel under my belt. You're telling me I need two? All right. Moving on. Um, 
I bet so you're with, regretting this shit more and more. Kind of, yes. Uh, <laughs> so what I do with the red, green, and amber colors, some providers will use like the colorblind test to see if they can differentiate the colors. What I do is if you ever look in, and next time you're in the office, look at this. You look at your Snellen chart. Yeah. It has a red line and a green line. That's what I mm-hmm. use those for. Yep. My MA will ask them, okay, what color is that? Oh, that's red. What color is that? Green. Okay, you know what? You can differentiate between the two. That's the most important thing I care about. It saves time, and it's uh, an easier way to do that. And when I actually test their hearing, because I don't want them to know that I'm testing their hearing, because if you've ever, you know, when you do that hearing test and you're trying to, like, you know, raise your hand and trying to catch every possible sound, Mm -hmm. you're just more aware of it. I have a standard exam that I always do. I do in the exact same order every time. That way I don't forget anything. And so before I go to examine their ears with the otoscope, I will turn my back to them to walk over to the otoscope, which is about five feet. And then I will say something like, do you have any rashes? And I'll say it in a quieter voice. And then it's like, oh no. Well, then I know that they can obviously hear appropriately. But see, then there's someone like me going, internally in my head like why is this dude asking me about rashes all quietly like what's i always ask that question i know but then i'm gonna i'm gonna get self-conscious i'm gonna be like is he gonna take me tell me take my pants off like what's going on like what's happening i might anyway see yeah exactly see now you just made this awkward ben moving on then so then you move into your physical exam portion so you're going to check every body system, general skin, eyes, ears, mouth, throat, cardiovascular, lungs, chest, abdomen. Uh, check for any hernias, back, spine, extremities, neurologic system, gait, and vascular system. You'll have a normal or abnormal box, and then you note any abnormalities below. Generally, I will go ahead and write their BMI there just so that it is written there. And then you take all that information, and you take your clinical judgment based on the 260-page handbook that you have thoroughly uh, committed to memory. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and make the determination yeah, who would have memorized that? whether or not they qualify for the two-year or if they qualify for less, and then you have to make notations of that. You make notations of if they had to wear corrective lenses, wear hearing aids, if they have any type of waivers, uh, like the diabetes waiver or the vision waiver and if you can even mark it as determination pending so like hey you know you had a whole bunch of glucose so you know what my determination is pending and sign off on it until they get their appropriate stuff back and then you fill out your form the only thing i don't like about dot's is you have to do this like three times because you fill out this form then you go on the computer you type all that out you fill all that out you print it out and then We also give them a little wallet card that they can keep with all that information. So you have to write it. So it's like you write it in triplicate. So that gets a little annoying. My favorite part about this whole thing so far has been me messing with Ben and Ben trying to stay straight faced and stay on task. He's just trying to power right through this. And no matter what I've been doing off camera or on mic, he is just trying to be professional and stay on target. Yes, I am. So some common things <laughs> with uh, DOT. See, we're just going to keep rolling. Uh, yeah, so my blood pressure just, is. The... Which yours is slowly going up as this conversation keeps going. So, so blood pressure is a big one. Uh, so if they're on any type of blood pressure medication, they're only going to get certified for a year. 
you if they have a high blood pressure, say it's greater than 140 over 90, you can give them a one-time certificate for three months with the idea that they work on getting that down, or you can give them a six-month if it's less than or equal to the 140 over 90. If like they have stage 3 hypertension, which is greater than 180 over 110, it's an unacceptable risk for an acute hypertensive event and should be disqualified. And if they're symptomatic, should probably be going to an ER. True. You should be like, get out of my office. <laughs> You're in hypertensive urgency. One thing I will say about taking the test, you have to think about it as all you do all day is DOTs. So what you do 40 hours a week, eight hours a day, nothing but DOTs. You're not family practice. You're not a PA. You're not a nurse practitioner as far as handling anything else. Because the testing, you know, they'll say, okay, you have a driver who comes in and their blood pressure is, or even say, okay, they have a greater than a thousand glucose. What are you going to do? Well, the testing answer is you're going to refer them back to their primary provider for further workup. Now, you may be their primary provider in the real world, but on the test, you refer them back to their primary provider to do that workup. All you literally do is make that determination all day, every day. So that's one thing that I think catches people up sometimes is you're thinking too much. Like, well, no, I want to order this, this, and this. I want to do, you know, and, and as a family practice person, that's what we would do, but as the DOT testing, uh, when you go to get certified, it's, that's all I do is DOTs. So what are some suggestions? Like, let's say, uh, well, we all know I'm interested. I already said I was interested. So what are some suggestions other than this booklet that you would have for anybody looking into becoming DOT certified? Is it something you would suggest that they go to their administration and say, Hey, I would really like to go do this, or is it something they can go do independently? I mean, what advice would you have for someone that wants to go get DOT certified? First off, I would see if there's somebody in your office that's already DOT certified and just sit through a couple of exams with them just so you can, so you can see what all transpires. Uh, secondly, our organization paid for our training. However, you can certainly go online and get any DOT training. It just has to be, as long as it's a legitimate DOT training, that will qualify you to sit for the testing. But I would certainly want you to recommend talking to your administrators to make sure that it's something that they, A, want you doing, and B, is something that they would certainly be willing to pay for and be willing to bill for. You know, I'm sure that there are organizations out there that don't want to mess with DOTs because it's, it could be a pain in the ass. And so they just don't do them. We have several providers in our area that are like, as soon as they passed the law that you had to be certified and sent out for national certification, they're like, nah, nope, I'm done doing DOTs. And so they just didn't do them anymore. So watch the people go through the training, study the handbook, take your test and, and get certified. And realistically, there's no specialized equipment, correct? Like this is other than the training, there's no other equipment that would be needed outside you would use for a wellness exam. No, not that I would think of. I mean, you could probably even do these in the back of the van if you really wanted to, Tom. Uh, you know, that would be a side gig for you. <laughs> I am not doing a guy's physical in the back of a van. I don't know what type of side gig you're referencing, but it's not one I want to be involved with. 
just pull up somewhere, open a door, put on some rubber gloves, step inside, guys. I'm going to check you for hernias. It just sounds like something I don't want to be involved with. Uh, you know, D.O.T. or Tom's D.O.T. are us. There you go. So you can just right out of the back yeah. of the van or you can just we can make you a Facebook page and you can just post where you're going to be uh, like, set up yeah, at. That just time. a five gallon bucket of personal lubes next to me and be like, I'm checking prostates today, boys. Like, no, I'm just it's not happening. It's not happening. Well, I guess girls need D.O.T. exams too. be like everyone's welcome. Just everyone so, step on up. There you go. Everybody's welcome, indeed. <laughs> uh, DOT certification, one person at a time. So there you go. And so because you are working you know, through the FMCSA and you're on the National Registry, you have to be uh, mindful of that. Uh, there was a news story, November 21st. A physician's assistant was arrested earlier this month after being indicted in U.S. District Court for false entries and obstruction related to fraudulent medical exams, interstate commercial drivers. Uh, according to the news release from the U.S. Department of Transportation office, this individual was indicted on November 1st and arrested November 5th. He practiced in Florida. He was a certified medical examiner, and the forms indicated that he had conducted uh, CDL medical examinations in accordance with federal regulations when in fact he had not and uh, says that they require their drivers engaged to interstate com uh, commerce to be physically able to safely operate a commercial vehicle. So this investigation was actually done by the OIG, the Department of Homeland Security, and the FMCSA. Uh, there's also several news stories of medical examiners being suspended by the FMCSA because of faulty exams and providing information. Like this one uh, was in Pennsylvania. A gentleman was sentenced to three years probation and fined $1,000 for signing off on DOT exams he never conducted. So just remember, if you're going to go out and get your DOT certification, <laughs> make sure you're legitimately doing the exams and you're not just... Uh, during the opioid crisis, there was lots of pill mills out there, so I guess there are DOT mills also, I I guess. Well, how about this? How about if you're in healthcare, you just do your job, period, not just that's DOT exams. Yeah. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, that's what my recommendation is. Apparently, Ben is limiting it to DOT exams, but I think uh, you should just do your job all the time. I bitch about it, but I do it. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Well, and apparently the gentleman in uh, Pennsylvania, after the investigation, they removed him from the National Registry. No surprise there. Surprise, yeah. Um, and they voided all 223 active medical examiner certificates held by drivers. So you, they know were what, like, you know what the crappy part is? If he only falsified like 11 of them, the other <laughs> 220 guys were like, damn, man. <laughs> like, I gotta go oh, through this again. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, I, I mean, I get it, though. It is. But if you think about it, the safety factor, they're operating 40,000 pound vehicles at 70 miles an hour. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm cool with that. I, I know it's a huge inconvenience to them and their employers. But yeah, especially if they're like transporting hazardous waste or something like that. OK, so let's talk about that real briefly, because I know we're coming up on the end of the episode real quick. Yes, sir. Is there special certifications that are incumbent on you to take care of if it's for nuclear hazardous waste, et cetera? 
There is not. Okay, so that's all on them. Yep, that's all on them and their employer. The only thing that we are doing is certifying that they are medically fit to drive a commercial vehicle. Not so a if they come in guy. glowing like a chem stick, you don't care. <laughs> um, uh, no, um, I guess is the appropriate answer. Uh, I mean, I'm a little concerned yeah, about that's not a question. What do you mean it's not a question? It was a question. No, it wasn't. You never said is glowing part of the exam. <sighs> I love you. He heard your whisper where you asked him about his rashes. Right? He doesn't have a rash. He's got great vision. We do ask if they have any history of cancer. He doesn't have cancer yet. Well, but he probably will. Um, probably will. But he don't yet. No, there's no specific... Uh, disqualification for glowing tom i found a loophole i don't know why they would be glowing where's my award from the F fmca or whatever this thing's called let's let's get these guys on the horn uh, the fmcsa is who you're looking for that guy yeah let's call them tom found a problem let he let's fix it call it the tom loophole oh at this point i think we would disqualify you for mental condition um. incorrect sir it's not narcissism if it's correct. So <laughs> there you go. Any last questions wrapping up the importance uh, DOT medical exams? Um, uh, the only question is, I have is, is why did I suggest this? Uh, because That's your fault, my friend. I didn't make you do this. Actually, um, I do have. Do you get paid extra for doing a DOT exam? I can say uh, because it's not an insurance thing because it, it's nothing that gets built to their insurance. It's all uh, cash pay for DOT exams. So, like, what's the ENM on this? Oh, I don't remember. It's a. It, it's not like a 99213. It's, there's a specific ENM code. Oh, it's a CPT or something? Yeah. I, I don't remember the specific code that we use, and it may, that may be just our facility. I, I, I can't with 100% certainty say that. I wasn't sure if NHTSA or the state or something like that did a reimbursement to the provider for doing that service. No, there's no uh, reimbursement from them. The only other thing that I can say is that even though we report it to the national registry, it does not get reported to the state. And so we have had drivers call and be like, hey, I did my DOT and you guys didn't report it to the state. That's still on the driver to ensure that the state is aware that their medical examination has renewed because otherwise uh, drivers can potentially get their license suspended for not being in compliance with uh, a current medical exam. Sucks to suck. Wow. I wouldn't have any truckers listening. You just pissed everybody off. I didn't piss them off. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. you know, your role, it's your job. I but don't I ask do. them to, I don't ask them to submit my CEUs for me. So <laughs> do it. I, I do try to let my drivers know that we don't submit that. We do submit it to the national registry, but not necessarily to the state. And then the driver, like I say, gets a copy of the card, gets a copy of their, uh, their actual certificate itself. And then the long form, which is what we call it, which is the actual 5875, which is like the three pages of, or four pages of stuff. I give them a copy of that, which goes to their employer because the employer has to maintain a copy of that as well as the certification. Well, Ben, I have been thoroughly educated on DOT exams, and I got to say, you were unusually unshakable. I uh, usually can mess you up a little more. 
Um, I tried. Yeah. I didn't go overboard because I know some people were listening and probably like, oh, I want to learn about DOT exams. Blah, 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 blah. So I wasn't trying to mess it up too bad. But you should want to learn, too. I do want to learn, but I was trying to have fun. I like know. I'm sitting in this chair for an hour. So trying to have fun. Just, you know, to wrap up here. So think of a medical condition or a couple of medical conditions and let, let's find those in the handbook and see what the recommendations are for those. Cause they list quite a bit of stuff. Priapism. <laughs> You're such a dig. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. It's probably not going to be in there. Okay. Um, foreign accent syndrome. I hate you. <laughs> I just want you to know that I hate you. I said I love you earlier, and I'm going to uh, edit that out, and it's just going to say I hate you over and over. What about dementia, Tom? What do you think about dementia? What? Dementia. Huh? Exactly. So, <laughs> the rationale for making a decision to not certify when a diagnosis of dementia is present includes there's no current data providing evidence that a driver with diagnosed dementia can drive a commercial motor vehicle safety. Um, and the disease rate is uh, variable, so it is recommended to not certify them if they have a diagnosis of dementia. Oh, okay. Any uh, more common medical conditions you want to inquire about? Cotard syndrome. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm about to just walk off and let you just close the damn show yourself. <laughs> You know what my favorite part is? I had no forewarning, and I'm not looking these up. I'm literally just naming the most obscure things I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I know. We didn't talk about that beforehand. We just, yeah. We, <laughs> How about a pinguecula? You know what? I'm done. I'm, just, I'm, I'm done with you. Web fingers? I don't know. <laughs> On that note, because Tom's an asshole. If you like this episode, I don't know why you would have, because Tom's an asshole. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Just Some Podcast. We were on the what, web. What about that w laughing thing that the Joker has? You know, where he just laughs randomly? What about that? <laughs> Our website's www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email. Email us and tell us that Tom's an asshole. Admin at Just Some Podcast. Dot com. Tom, I don't know what we're covering next week, but you're taking the brunt of it, and I'm going to come at you guns blazing. I want you to know. Okay. I can't wait. I like it when the, the crowd... I actually did have somebody reach out to me, and they really like it when we do live episodes. They were like, dude, when are you going to do another live episode? They are clamoring for us to do another live episode. They're not even healthcare. They're like, we just really like listening to you when you do live episodes. They legitimately had a blast listening to us during that live episode. So I was like, I don't know. I said, but we kind of need a topic. So if you are out there listening and we don't have to do it next week, it can be in a couple months for all I care. So please, though, if you have some good suggestions you think would make a great live show, start sending us some topics and we can start planning ahead and we can start doing some stuff. So we would really like to do stuff like that. Tom's going to cover Pinguecula. You dude, I diagnosed one of those the other day. So you think I, I ain't scared. 
I'll go, I'll go all over that on you. So you don't want to mess with me on those. I really want to cover falling space debris, injury by falling space debris. That's an ICD 10 code I'm going to use someday. If you no, think I'm not. kidding, I'm not. Yeah, you bet your ass I will. It might be the last day <laughs> I ever use an ICD 10 code, but someone's getting that on a chart. Burnt no. due or injury due to um, spacecraft is another one. Duck bite. That's getting one. Someone's getting a duck bite. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some other stuff, though, Ben. You just wait through the rest of the night. You're going to be getting text messages. Oh, great. I look forward to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't know what we're covering <laughs> next week. Um, Qatar syndrome was a good one. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to be doing it because, well, he pissed me off. So <laughs> you heard me. And pissed me off. <laughs> that was so uh, good. That was so good. You have to be. He's not even mad. I could see his face right now. He's not even mad. So angry. I know Ben, and I know when he's mad. This is not mad. All right, let's wrap this episode up because. Well, All right, let's get over here. You, yeah. I got I got stuff to make fun of when I get off the air. You're gonna be getting lots of stuff. You just wait. I hate you. I know. <laughs> All right. On that note, tune in next week when Tom's going to cover something fun and exciting, and I'm going to be the irresponsible dick that tries to mess him up the entire time. So I won't care. I'll be drunk. <laughs> no, we'll make sure that you're sober. On that note, I hope everybody has a great week, except Tom. <laughs> hey, everybody, stay safe out there. Oh, come on, man. Foreign accents in How did you not? I am Some road bridge and I thought of you And all the many times you say I should have known Took a press so I could find my cheek Find mediocrity's the best that I could do Let's shower Thank you.